0: Joe and Don have been involved in Bible smuggling in the Middle East for years. They had a heart to reach out to women in the region trapped in prostitution, but they weren't quite sure how to connect. Then they started discipling a woman who was a new believer in Christ. God had saved her out of a life of prostitution.
1: She really began to say, hey, this is who I was, and I want to go back, and I want to share the gospel. And immediately, God began to bear fruit, and she's got tattoos, you know, and she's like, so they come in, and they see me, and they can't believe that God could love someone with my past, with my tattoos, with my pink hair, but I'm like, yeah, yeah. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help, right now on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.
0: Welcome again to the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My name is Todd Nettleton, and we're in the studio today in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, uh, with uh, two first name only guests. And we've actually had them here before. Uh, we call them Joe and Dawn. They are serving the Lord in the Middle East. They are especially involved uh, in delivering Bibles into a very closed country in the Middle East. We will talk more about that. Joe and Don, welcome back to Voice of the Martyrs Radio. And I want to encourage you, if if you are listening, to go back to our archives at vomradio.net and listen to our first conversation with Joe and Don. Uh, one part of that conversation, Joe talked about his own testimony uh, as a former criminal, someone who was a prisoner because of his crimes, now risking going to prison <laughs> to, to deliver the Bible into hostile and restricted nations. So uh, I want to encourage you again, vomradio.net. You can search for Joe and Don, search for Bible smuggling. Uh, Their interview will come up, and I would love for you to hear that story. Let's talk a little bit about what is happening right now in the Middle East, because you guys are right there on the front lines, and especially uh, involved in sending Bibles to Iran, to the church in Iran. What is the situation for Christians there? I know they have a new president not very long ago, is it different? Is it better? Is it worse? Is it the same? Just kind of give us a, a picture of what it's like to be a Jesus follower in Iran right now.
2: From what I've seen, nothing has changed. It is still a hostile environment to the gospel. As a matter of fact, um, we have a believer that's uh, headed back to prison today for a couple of years because of their faith. Uh, we have believers that are living Near us that have had to flee because of persecution, uh, as well as uh, believers that will never go back because of their faith as well.
0: And yet the church is growing.
2: Amen. Absolutely. People are coming to faith and on a daily basis. We're seeing God move, um, people being baptized, churches and houses meeting, um, Bibles getting into to the country to those believers and them passing them out uh, to their families, to their friends, and then some uh, going out and evangelizing and sharing. And um, it's a blessing to see God move in the midst of the hostilities.
0: Do you have a theory as to why the church is growing so fast in Iran right now? Because, I mean, we talked about the the government is doing everything in their power to stop the church from growing, and yet it is exploding. Do you have a theory about how that's happening or or what's powering that? Yeah, I think that
2: Islam and the oppression of Islam is getting old. Uh, They're tired of being under the thumb of the regime. And so they're rebelling first and foremost uh, against Islam and oppression. And when they meet Jesus, they recognize that he is love and he is mercy. And they're willing to um, you know, welcome the freedom that Christ offers to them. And I believe that's the main reason that people are coming to faith. On top of the fact that God is visiting them, the Holy Spirit is moving in in just rampant ways. And he's preparing hearts, you know, through the rebellion of Islam to receive Christ. And so it's really amazing to see what God is doing.
0: Are there some stories maybe, Don, that just even in the last few months that that you know of people who have have made that choice? They've they've put aside the darkness and and are coming to the light?
1: Absolutely. I mean, we have— New people every week. So I think it's a really unique time in history where God has just appointed that this is a time of harvest. And and we joyfully get to participate in that.
0: How much stress is there for you as you're encountering a running? I mean, you mentioned a brother's going to prison this week. Mm-hmm. Sister. A mm-hmm. sister's going to prison mm-hmm. this week. Mm-hmm. How much stress is it for you as you encounter Iranian Christians, you help to disciple Iranian Christians, you help them send back Bibles with them, knowing, like this sister, she could end up in prison. This person that we're talking to right now, they could go to prison. They could even be killed. Do you worry about that? How do you— How does that conversation happen in your head?
2: Yeah, at times uh, we do worry. Uh, We realize, we wonder at times if some of our believers are spies or not spies. And there's such a level of untrust and just uh, the constant oppression that they have had by the regime but also by Satan Um, He tries to cast doubt and people will say, hey, I don't know if I trust that person or this person and that doubt can really cast through. The streams of of believers. And um, so to that extent, yes, there is worry, there's fear, um, but then we just have to cast our cares and worries and anxieties upon Jesus and he will give us peace and rest and really speak the truth into uh, the believers to be courageous, be wise as serpents, harmless as doves, but also be bold and really trust in the Holy Spirit as opposed to listening to the lies of the enemy.
1: And the person that Joe was just mentioning, her testimony, because some people on our team had a phone call with her just a couple of days ago, she was ready to go back. She had already been in prison for a period of time and was released. She had fruitful ministry inside the prison. People were coming to Christ. So she was ready and and eager to be back wow. because she knew that God was opening that up as an opportunity for her to make Christ known. And I mean, that's an amazing measure of faith that God has granted to her. And so, of course, we do feel the weight of the danger that people we love interact with, interface with on a daily basis. But there is a boldness and a joy that is embraced by our brothers and sisters that really just blows us away
0: Mm -hmm. to see prison as an assignment Mm -hmm. and to welcome that assignment is pretty (laughs) mind-blowing amen we're talking today on voice of the martyrs radio with joe and Don. they are involved in ministry disciple making in the middle east Uh, they are also involved in bible delivery uh, to the nation of iran we had the chance my wife and I had the chance to come and visit you guys, which was an incredible blessing and see firsthand the work that you do. Does it ever get overwhelming? <laughs> this is um, because we were only there a few days and we were tired. Yeah. Um, and I know you start early in the morning and you go late into the night and there's people come to your house and then you go to other people's houses and there's people showing up on the doorstep and, and, And it's amazing because some of those people want to be baptized, and and this is, you know, praise the Lord, but it's also there's 24 hours in the day, and you're also a husband, you're also a wife, you're also a dad, you're also a mom. Does it ever become overwhelming?
2: Yes. (laughs) I mean— Short answer, yes. yes. (laughs) Yeah, the the short answer is yes, but, um, you know, we're running a race. I mean, we're— Um, that's been set before us with our eyes fixed upon Jesus. And we saw Jesus um, have compassion on the multitudes and uh, at times having to break away, you know, because they were like sheep without a shepherd and they needed someone to be there. So our lives are not our own. They're Christ's, and we encourage each other uh, in the Word. And yet at the same time, we recognize um, in this season of our life that we need to take a little bit of a break just uh, to Sabbath with the Lord, Uh, find rest in the secret place with our Father and focus on our family. Although we recognize we don't want our lives to be any other way, we want our children to grow up and experience uh, the body working together, our home being open for the poor, the outcast, the oppressed, for them to experience worship and prayer and us loving uh, on the needy and seeing the church rise up from that dark place. Um, and so it's it's both end. Yes, it is absolutely overwhelming. And you're asking this question when we're stepping into a, a small break that we much needed. But we also – I don't believe we would have it any other way.
1: I will say that there was a period of my Christian life where I – really was pulling myself up by my own bootstraps and doing things in my own strength. And man, that was utterly exhausting and really led me to this place of brokenness. And through that, the Lord really... Um, gave me a new way of living where I really would be drawing life and strength from him and the Holy Spirit would be empowering the things that I am doing. And all glory to him for that. That's a supernatural way to live. I don't have it in my power to do that, but he does that through me. And so I think that he has enabled us to do the things that he's entrusted to us to do. And yes, some days they feel overwhelming. Um, but like Joe said, we're there for one another. And that's, I think, a really beautiful thing about our marriage is that on most days, if he's struggling, I'm I'm like, okay, babe, we can do this. Let's pray. Let's <laughs> cry out for the Holy Spirit. If I'm struggling, he's there to pray for me. Um, it's very rare that we're both really struggling on the same day. So and God has been good to us. A grace for
0: sure. Mm-hmm. Amen. So let me let me dig a little deeper. So what does that look like? That that leaning into God that okay, I can't do this on my own today. I'm going to need your help. Is that something that starts when you wake up in the morning? Is there some like just let's dive a little deeper into that.
1: Absolutely. Joe and I have had the habit since Uh, even really before we got married, to meet together early in the morning uh, with Jesus and with coffee. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, it absolutely begins when we get out of bed. And on the days that we don't, I can definitely see that in the sharpness of my tongue, in the way I respond to my husband or my kids, so, yeah, in the word and in prayer and in worship. And our kids are learning at an early age that mommy and dad, daddy are really failures. <laughs> and we rely on Jesus. And so they're quick to um, come around us and, and for us all to pray together throughout the day for things that we need. And so, definitely, it's um, something that begins early in the morning.
0: We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Joe and Don. They are working among uh, disciple-making in the Middle East. There are burdens, obviously, that that come with the work you're doing, but you also have this amazing front-row seat of what God is doing in Iran, in other nations of the Middle East. Do you ever kind of almost pinch yourself, like— I can't believe we we get to do this. We get to meet these amazing saints. We get to be a part of this work.
2: Absolutely. I mean, uh, from where God has brought me to where I'm at today, um, I am amazed and just thankful for his faithfulness uh, and his love and compassion towards us and his grace to allow us to be a part of his kingdom moving And um, just to be able to partner with the Holy Spirit and be the hands and feet of Jesus to love the people and uh, minister um, uh, where we can and just see God transform lives. Uh, It's so fun.
0: One of the things that, that we heard a lot when we were there, and I know you hear this all the time, is when someone meets Jesus, they want to tell quickly <laughs> not not a month from now or a year from now like no this afternoon i need to tell my family i need to tell my sister i need to tell my brother is is that always is that 100 percent all the time true and question number two how how dangerous is that in a iranian context in an islamic context for them to just start telling everyone they meet hey you got to meet jesus i just met him it's amazing
2: I would say it's probably seventy percent from what I'm experienced of believers who, when they meet Jesus, they're excited to tell other people about it. Uh, one instance is a lady who came to, uh, who was a prostitute, who came to our home, came to faith in Christ Jesus. The next night, um, she came back, uh, repented, received baptism, and then started sharing the gospel and went back into Iran and led her sister, her children to faith, and then started sharing with other people, and then introducing them to one of our other believers who now is online with them every week, uh, teaching them and training them. And so we also, from the very beginning, are intentional that when you follow Christ Jesus, it's your requirement to share that with other people. So we're intentionally training them and telling them to begin to pray for the relationships of people that they know, that they trust, and ask God to begin to work on their hearts so that whenever they feel the Spirit leading them, they will go and tell them about Jesus. And so that's how we've really trained, equipped, encouraged them, uh, but we also seeing it uh, naturally. I mean, simultaneously, it's a both end.
0: One of the things that struck me as as we were there and as we sat in on some of these trainings was just how repeatable it was. Okay, I'm going to do it. Okay, now you do it. Okay, now you do it. At one point, I think your son did it, and he's what, seven, eight? Six. Six. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he's walking through a gospel presentation as a six-year-old. And one of the other gentlemen who was with us had only been a believer a week. And it's like, okay, this is how you do a gospel. This is how this is how it works. What led you to kind of that philosophy of we're going to equip every single person <laughs> to do this. It's not rocket science and and everybody can do it. How did you kind of come to that as as your philosophy of of training people?
2: Well, for me it starts all the way back to when when I met Jesus. I couldn't keep my mouth shut. I mean, he transformed (laughs) me. I fell in love with God and everyone I would... Uh, meet, I would tell about this Jesus whom I'd met and I would read the word and I'd get excited to the point where people would you know, be like, okay, we've heard enough <laughs> about your Jesus, but I, I couldn't not say it. And and so from that point, I realized that just brand new believers. And then as you search the scriptures, you see like the Samaritan woman who meets Jesus and immediately goes back and, and tells her whole village. And yet she was a woman of bad reputation and um, a sinner and a woman, uh, which at that time was looked down upon, and and yet God chose to use her. And so we, from that perspective, we encourage people that as soon as they meet Jesus, they are the priesthood of believers. And so their responsibility is um, to go and tell that with other people. And so That's always been like from the time that I met Jesus, but also as I've grown in ministry, I've just really wanted to empower believers to be all that God has them to be.
0: And I think in the context of a closed nation, it almost has to be that way you don't come to Christ and then walk down the street to the big church on the corner where there's a trained theologian who's the pastor, and that's how you get discipled. There aren't churches. That's not an option for you. And so that was one of the things I loved about being with you was just seeing how, okay, you've come to faith. Now you're qualified to lead a Bible study. I mean, and here's how you do that. You open the Word. Here's a few questions you can ask after you read it. And then everyone who's there, they're qualified to lead one now, too, because they can open the Word. They can ask these questions. They can have a discussion. That was one of the things that I brought back from the time with you guys that was just so powerful to see. And like I say, in a closed nation context, it's almost the only way to, to do it.
2: Yeah, we call it simple, biblical, and reproducible. Anyone can share the gospel. Anyone can learn how to read a Bible story and then retell that Bible story. And so we want to empower them to reach their people because no one else can.
0: And they already speak the language and they already know the culture. And so <laughs> God has uniquely prepared them. Amen. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Joe and Don. They are working in the Middle East, a disciple-making there. Don, I want to talk about something you you guys shared in our chapel service here at VOM this morning, and something you talked about is Joe travels all over the region. Mm -hmm. Travel in the last couple of years has become more complicated. Mm -hmm. You know, he goes, what happens if he doesn't pass his COVID test when it's time to come back? Is he going to be stuck there? Are we going to be stuck here without him? What's all of these questions? How do you work through those questions? and, And how do you commission him to go without any sense of of doubt or fear or worry
1: Mm -hmm. we have often prayed that we as a family would be in the place that god desires us to be when he desires us to be there And so particularly in this season of history, you know, that has had to include the idea that we might not all be in the same location (laughs) and trust that God is answering our prayer. Also... uh, Joe was traveling, and um, I got a call from him that he was going to be required to travel to a different city than where we had expected him to be. And it's a really dangerous city, and the road there is a dangerous road that had just had an attack the day before. I'm sitting there with my Bible, and I'm praying, and I'm freaking out, (laughs) going, he could be being attacked by militants right now, and it was like the Holy Spirit just really interrupted my thinking and was like, could she maybe imagine that maybe right now he's sharing the gospel with a group of militants, and they're coming to faith in Jesus, and I was like, Oh, <laughs> that's a completely different way of thinking about this set of circumstances. And it was like, again, the Holy Spirit was saying, Why do you always imagine the bad? Like, is God not bigger than that? Is he not better than that? Can you anticipate and rejoice in the possibility of something beautiful happening? And that really is the God that we serve. And so it's an incredible way to refocus my energy instead of worrying and being fearful to be able to say, okay, God, these circumstances are uncomfortable. What are you going to do? Because you are a good God and you love us and you love your son. So how are you going to exalt him in this moment? And that has really given me uh, a lot of freedom to see him uh, do things, see our family do things that um, other people would certainly consider um, unsafe. And I think we're in an error when people want to say if something is unsafe, it's also unwise. But I'm not sure that that really falls in the biblical paradigm of how we live our lives.
0: One of the quotes that one of you said, and I don't remember which one. The last time you're were here, is, "We didn't come here to be safe. We didn't, we, you know, we didn't move to the Middle East because safety was our top priority. <laughs> um, that would have been not a not a wise choice. But our top priority is we're going to glorify God with our lives, and we're going to share the gospel with people. And this is what God has called us to do. So, safety's in His hands. Um, I I love what you challenge us to do is imagine the best possible thing that God could be doing <laughs> instead of, it seems much easier to imagine, the worst possible <laughs> thing that could be happening um, to think about, wow, you know, what door is God opening? What, Who, who is Joe talking to about Christ right now that, that we're going to hear about when he gets back with us? And it does, like you say, it does change your whole mindset. It just changes your your attitude and your spirit and even kind of the way you breathe when he's gone. Amen.
1: Absolutely.
0: One of the ministries, and you mentioned it briefly, is ministry to to prostitutes. Can you talk a little bit about why that ministry, particularly? I think of the cultural implications of that ministry within an Islamic context. Uh, but then, just just share some of the stories about how God opened the door to that ministry, and and some of the stories of of what what it's what He's done in the midst of it.
1: Well, it's been really amazing um, for at least 18 months, maybe even closer to two years. Um, it's been on the heart of one of our national partners that we would begin ministering to that group of ladies, and uh, we shouldn't have the resources or an open opportunity to do that, but we had been really praying, and um, God... and The Way That Only God Can um, brought a woman to our house who had been saved out of prostitution. And through our beginning to interact with her, disciple her, talk with her about uh, God's vision for all of our lives, she really began to uh, say, hey, this is who I was, and I want to go back, and I want— to share the gospel, and immediately God began to bear fruit.
0: So did you, I, as soon as you met her, did you think, oh, God, God's opening this door that we've been praying about, or did it just kind of slowly come into focus that, hey, maybe, maybe this is a door that God's opening?
1: Um, I think it was maybe... A matter of weeks. She um, moved into our home and was with us for a period of time. And her mom was also living with us at that time. And so I think it took a little while for her to um, feel comfortable revealing her background. Right. And then – but. While she was becoming more comfortable with us, I think we were beginning this discipleship and training that Joe has already mentioned uh, with the idea that you have a story to tell. Who is God calling you to tell that story to? And so, yeah, it's just a matter of three or four weeks uh, before we really saw God blow that wide open for all of us. And we're like, look what he put together. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, wow! Well, the Lord had planned this all along.
1: Yeah.
0: How how much shame does someone involved in prostitution in a honor shame culture? How much shame is there that goes along with that?
1: Unbelievable amounts, honestly. And so we do have some ladies who are, um, open and free and will share the fullness of their testimony but mm-hmm. the vast majority of those ladies, even after becoming believers, if they're sitting in a room and are asked to share their testimony, they don't include that yeah. particular piece because
0: there's so much baggage that comes along exactly with it. and so but to have someone who has come out of that who mm-hmm. is now going back and saying I was I was like you right Jesus saved me from that Amen. Is must just be in' a, like I, I can see like the like wait there is a way out there is hope what it, almost unbelievable that there could even be hope for that
1: absolutely I mean we're talking about women who have grown up in a culture that says basically women are shameful and you need to be covered and if you're not covered then of course you're not acceptable to God talk about blowing categories are a friend who is leading in the ministry she's got tattoos you know and she's like so they come in and they see me and and they can't believe that god could love someone with my past with my tattoos with my pink hair but i'm like <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so the invitation that is offered um to women who have felt like there was no hope. And like you just said, there's no way out. You can't recover from this. You can. And the recovery is a man named Jesus. Yeah,
0: You've been bought. You've been (laughs) bought with a price. Amen. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Joe and Don. They are active in making disciples and training disciples in the Middle East. They're also active in delivering Bibles into the nation of Iran. If you want to... Uh, send some of those Bibles. You can sponsor some of those Bibles that are being delivered. If you come to vomradio.net, you can click on the donate button and you can sponsor a Bible, you can sponsor 10, you can sponsor 10,000. That's that's how these Bibles get delivered is uh, Christians around the world contribute and, and pay for them to go. Joe and Don couple more questions one is about your kids and you talked about you you want to raise your kids in a ministry environment where they they see the sort of the good the bad and the ugly of, of what's going on and um, how's it going what fruit do you see of that in their lives even even at very young ages
1: I think one of the things that is very apparent is our kids know how to pray and they don't just sit down at a meal and say thank you Jesus for our food or at bedtime you know but I mean they they will pray with us and say God we've got people uh, from Iran today Uh, would you protect them from the government, would you give them uh, food from your Bible? I mean, they, they, it's really amazing to to watch them pray.
2: I just feel like they have compassionate hearts, mm. and they're always used to an ebb and flow of people coming and going, so they experience life on so many different levels. and then they get to experience, what good we're able to be a part of, and they can imitate that as well.
0: We're talking today on Voice of Martyrs Radio with Joe and Don. They are actively working to make disciples in the Middle East. Joe and Don, we always like to equip our listeners to pray. And so I want to start out with your kids because I think this is an important thing. You're not the only gospel workers who have kids, so maybe think your kids and beyond. How do we pray for the children of gospel workers, your kids, other people's kids, they're in in on the front lines themselves as well.
1: I do think that they're in a unique position to be attacked and so whether that comes physically, like maybe being sick a lot or having a lot of injuries, um, spiritually, they can have bad dreams. So praying for the protection, of our children, the keeping of our children um, is really a precious thing, I think, to pray for. And yeah, we want them to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus
0: Christ. Amen. And you mentioned an attack against your kids is an attack against you. It's an attack against the work as well. So, you know, Satan is good at finding ways to knock us off course. And if if our kids are vulnerable, then that, that can happen. Let's talk more broadly about the ministry work that you're doing. Are are there some specific ways we can pray for what's happening or for specific needs that you have in this season right now? Like right now you're in a season of rest, and so I, I want us to pray rest over you and, and uh, rejuvenation and restoration. Um, but for the broader ministry that you're involved in, what are the ways we can pray?
2: You can pray for the leaders um, uh, in the country that they would, uh, you know, be empowered while I'm taking rest. That they would not look to me, but that they would look to King Jesus. And I think that that really is uh, restful on both ends, you know, because that's our responsibility is to equip them for the works of service. So in this rest, you can pray that I will take the rest first off, <laughs> and then secondly. That, that releasing of authority, that responsibility, that trusting in Christ would really encourage and strengthen the work that will continue while I'm not there. You can continue to pray that um, God would uh, give us a clear path to get Bibles into the country, and that he would protect uh, the people that are involved with that, that um, the believers would um, continue to receive boldness and courage and wisdom simultaneously, And we we just want to see healthy disciples and healthy churches that that, um, move across the land. And we all have a vision. I mean, there's 31 states in Iran. We're in 15 of them. We want to get to all 31 states by the year of 2023. So we would ask that you would intentionally pray for that to happen. And then from within those churches, they would multiply and, and transform that nation.
0: Amen. God is at work in the nation of Iran, He doing just absolutely mind-blowing things, drawing people to himself. Uh, he is at work in other nations of the Middle East, uh, across that region. We see Muslims coming to faith in Christ. Joe and Don, thank you for your ministry. Thanks for welcoming us when we were there. And uh, thanks for being our guest this week on Voices of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you. Thank you. You have been listening to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Again, Joe and Don have been with us before. I want to encourage you to go to vomradio.net. You can hear Joe share his testimony. Don shared a little bit about how they met, kind of a miraculous answer to prayer way that they met, and God brought them together. So go to vomradio.net. Listen to our first conversation. The other thing I would encourage you to do is share this conversation with a Christian friend. If there are people you know who especially are people of prayer— share this conversation with them, recruit them to pray also for the work of God in the Middle East and especially in the nation of Iran. And I want to encourage you to be back with us next week. We will have another conversation about what God is doing around the world, especially in hostile and restricted nations. So don't miss that conversation. Be back with us next week right here on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.